الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters In the previous discussion we had briefly discussed some aspects about the adab of ilm and that ilm is acquired with the etiquette that it is not just the information that is ilm but ilm is a noor in the heart ilm is a means of gaining the closeness of Allah Ta'ala ilm is what brings amal and practice according to that ilm Ilm brings the sifat and the attributes of a true mu'min in one's heart and life. Ilm becomes a barrier between a person and sin. So all this is the effects of ilm. Ilm which is ilm in reality. So just information is not ilm. But ilm is rather that very deep knowledge that Allah Ta'ala blesses the heart which comes as a noor in the heart. So this ilm that becomes that noor in the heart, this ilm that becomes a driving force in a person's life and this ilm that takes a person to the heights of akhirat as well. This ilm does not come without fulfilling the adab and the etiquettes of that ilm. That ilm does not come without that ilm does not come without fulfilling whatever the requirements of the ilm are and if those requirements are not fulfilled then sometimes a person may still acquire a lot of information. It's possible that the person may memorize and by heart many kitabs. It's possible that the person may top the class sometimes. It's possible that the person may be able to give some very good speeches and talks and lectures. It's possible that the person may become very popular also. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there is ilm. For it to be ilm, the yardstick to judge that would be to what extent has this ilm transformed one's life for the better? To what extent has that ilm brought one closer to Allah Ta'ala? To what extent has that ilm made one become conscious, for example, of one's salah? Not just of performing the salah in terms of getting it done, but trying to improve the quality of that salah and performing it in the best way possible. And like that, all the other various things, to what extent this ilm has helped to clear the heart and clean the heart of all the evil qualities and inculcate in the heart the beautiful, noble qualities of ikhlas, of tawakkul on Allah Ta'ala, on khashiyat, the qualities of haya, the qualities of the aspirations for the akhirat, not having the love of dunya, etc., etc. 
So ilm, ilm, the manner to judge whether this ilm has come, this is the yardstick. To see how much of this has come in our lives. How much of this has come in our hearts. So in any case, this will come when the adab of ilm have been uh, adopted. So among the adab of ilm, we discussed the aspect of azmat of ilm, muhabbat of ilm. These are the internal adab, and included in that is, or alongside that is, ikhlas and sincerity, that whatever we do, only for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, for no other motive, there should be no ulterior motive in anything, only Allah Ta'ala's pleasure must be acquired, this is the motive for which we should do things. So, in this manner, we will be able to progress, and be able to acquire that ilm. So in any case, what is the way to go forward is to fulfill the adabs and etiquettes. And among the adab and etiquettes, one very, very essential etiquette is adab. This has been discussed many times before, and it is a lesson that requires revision regularly, so that it remains fresh in our hearts and minds, and hopefully the revision becomes a means of us practicing on it, or practicing even more on it. To the extent that anybody has adopted adab, they have progressed, they have excelled, and to the extent that somebody has compromised the adab, to that extent they have fallen far behind. This is just, on the side note, something to just uh, take a lesson from, in terms of the importance of adab itself. One person who was, mashallah, very, very conscious of deen, very punctual on all his amal, very close to some senior mashayikh, many other issues. And again, the other one point here is that this is one example, but this is not the only example too, unfortunately, tragically. There are many sad examples like this. So, there are many, many examples. This is one example. And many of these examples are, meaning the situations are very similar also. So, in any case, this one person who had, mashallah, a lot of contact with some of the great mashayikh, who was very conscious of his salah, very involved in efforts of deen, and many other good things, mashallah. But one day he made one very loose comment, he made one very idle comment against one pious person. Now, this is a very, very delicate matter. To start off with, we don't know what is somebody's maqam and position in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. We have no idea. Somebody might have a very close position and being insan, that person too might have sometimes some deficiencies. That person can make a mistake as well. The Ambiya Ali Musalat Wasalam are masoom, are sinless. After the Ambiya Ali Musalat Wasalam, there's nobody that is masoom. The Sahabai Kiram radiallahu majma'een had a very high position. Allah Ta'ala protected them. And if anybody among them made any mistake also, they made such amends for it that it took them way beyond where they were previously.
So again, the Sahaba Ikram are a very, very special band of people. The Ambiyali Musalatu Salam are Masoom, the Sahaba, Radiallahu'in, Allah Ta'ala's special grace and favor was upon them. Then the rest of the Ummah is not in that category. They are those very, very close and pious servants of Allah Ta'ala who it's probably like they hardly ever slipped up anywhere. That's few and far between. Otherwise, no matter what position and rank somebody might have, sometimes here and there, once in a while, they can slip up in some matter. So in any case, that be, be that as it may, the issue is that we have no idea what somebody's maqam is, what somebody's position is in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. And when somebody is enjoying close proximity, then despite the person's deficiencies, mistakes sometimes, but because of the good that the person also possesses, and therefore enjoys his very close position, it becomes a very, very delicate matter. Because now somebody is very close to the king, and somebody else is trying to create some problem or making some comments, they could get into serious trouble. Whereas the kings of dunya, they don't have ilm ghaib they don't know the unseen, we can make some story in front of them. Allah Ta'ala is the know of everything. So sometimes a person makes some loose comment against somebody, he says something which is disrespectful, he may not say it directly to the person's face, but he made the comment to somebody else, which constitutes disrespect. And Allah forbid, sometimes that can become the means of a person's fall. And it can become a means of great harm to one. So therefore we have to be very cautious, very careful. Because we don't know where we can overstep the mark if we drop our guard, if we drop that caution. We don't know where we can just trip somewhere. Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala keep us in His hifazat at all times. Nobody is immune from these things. We should never regard ourselves as immune, never regard ourselves as I am watertight, I can't be, I can't fall anywhere, I can't slip. Allah Ta'ala save us from that ujb. Allah Ta'ala save us from thinking great about anything about ourselves, any single amal about ourselves. We have no idea what has been accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala. It is only on that day on the day of Qiyamah, when Allah Ta'ala has accepted whatever amal we brought along, Allah Ta'ala gives us His, our, his forgiveness and grants us entry into Jannat, then a person can rejoice and think something. Until that time, we cannot take a chance to think good about ourselves in any regard. And especially with the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala, we cannot take any chances. We don't know what we might end up ourselves in. So in any case, what we were talking about is just something, these, these things were never planned to be discussed either, it's off the topic actually, but in a way related to the topic also. We were talking about the adab of ilm, but now this is just go, gone into a different direction, but regarding adab nevertheless. So we're talking about this one person who fell far away. He was number one, a very good person, mashallah, very close to some mashayikh, very conscious of deen, very punctual with his salah, involved in the efforts of deen, etc., etc., many, many good things. But then one day he made some loose comment, 
and that loose comment was disrespectful. As a result, what happened now, Allah Ta'ala nevertheless opened his eyes out to this reality that he himself is then saying that I realized that this was my mistake due to which I fell so far back. Now the person is talking about his condition thereafter. But this to Allah Ta'ala's blessing on him that he managed to realize what caused the fall. So he then helped him to make amends. Though that amends happened very long afterwards. But in the interim what happened? In the interim he started falling backwards. And then he's saying first his salah with jama'ah that went away. Then gradually some salah started becoming qaza. And that didn't Initially there was some concern, then that concern went away about that too. First it was like a big thing that, Inna lillah, I made my salah qaza. But then gradually that, that remorse also went away. And one after the other some salah started becoming qaza. And then that was initially once a day, twice a day that some salah became qaza. As the time passed, no salah were being performed. Meaning all the five first salah of the day, he was missing it out day in, day out. And he became, as somebody described himself on one o- another occasion, that I am a Friday Muslim. I was surprised at this description. I didn't understand what he was talking about. So he's saying, no, I'm, I'm trying to make a change in my life now, but I'm a Friday Muslim. So I asked him, what do you mean by a Friday Muslim? He said, I go to masjid once a week on Friday only, for Jumu'ah. And apart from that, no other salah in my life. That was his description about himself. That is what he... Uh, called as a Friday Muslim which is a very great tragedy that a person missed the salah of the whole week but nevertheless he had that much of conscience never to, to be there for Juma at least but this is obviously a major sin that he was missing all the other salah so in any case this person became a Friday Muslim but then he says after a while Allah forbid something happened once and he missed his Juma it was out of the blue that something happened and he missed his Jumu'ah. But now when he missed his Jumu'ah on that day, that just suddenly opened the door to missing Jumu'ah. And then for a good while, he wasn't even performing one Jumu'ah. Can we imagine? Can we just think about the situation? A person who was, mashallah, performing all his five Salah with Jama'ah. And person close to Mashaykh, person involved in the efforts of Deen, person, mashallah, very good, akhlaq and character and then coming down to this level where months on end have passed and he didn't make one Juma also let alone any of the other salah it's very hard to imagine it but he's describing his own condition and he's saying this is what happened and Allah Ta'ala opened his eyes that he's saying but I made that comment I think this is all the result of that comment he made a remark against somebody, against some pious person, against some alim who, mashallah Allah knows best whose maqam is what apparently the person, mashallah, was a very senior person, pious person but now that brought about such a severe fall and let alone that he's saying everything else in my life was going haywire even in my relationships with my parents my wife, my children, others, everything was going haywire. You see, very long afterwards, something crossed my mind that, look, you need to look back. 
you need to see where you went off. Something has become the reason for this tripping. And he says, this is what came to my mind, that I made this loose remark. In any case, he went and he sought forgiveness also. Whatever else he did, Allah knows. But then slowly things started taking a turn around. Now, this is the effect of that su'e adab. Bad uh, or, or disrespect. Bad akhlaq, but the bad akhlaq, this aspect of disrespect. So, to the extent that a person will to the extent that a person will be able to continue with his amal, that to the extent that a person will maintain this adab and respect, inshallah to that extent the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala will remain and the person will keep progressing. Obviously other issues also apply, but this is a very very important ingredient, the ingredient of adab. And if this ingredient of adab goes out of a person's life, then he is in serious trouble. Allah forbid, then there is a very major problem. So, we need to keep checking within ourselves, that what extent of adab have I inculcated in my life? How am I conducting myself? And as mentioned, that this example that we took, this person didn't even make that um, comment directly on somebody's face. He made it aside somewhere. But that too became the reason for his fall, and such a severe fall. Adab, adab was given a very high importance previously. There was a great king, Harun Rashid. We might have heard his name many times. So he was a very pious person. There were many issues with his life as well. But overall, mashallah, he was a very pious person. So in any case, he had sent his son now. His son, as he's growing up, a young boy, Ma'moon Rashid. So he sent him to the very great alim of the time, Imam Asma'i Rahimahullah. Imam Asma'i Rahimahullah was an expert in various sciences of ilm and he was a great alim. So Harun Rashid is the king of the time and he's sending his son Mamun Rashid in the company of an alim to go and learn from him. So in any case, one day, Harun Rashid happened to just come away without any uh, notice beforehand. Now, he's the king of the time. You'll expect a lot of protocol that first this message will come, we're coming to see you, etc., and be ready for us so that everything is in order. No, he just came away suddenly. Now, when he came, he found that the Ustad, Imam Asma'i Rahimahullah, that he is making, he is performing wudu. Now, in those days, there were no taps, so the wudu was performed with the, using a jug, a jug of water, and that's what we should try to do. We'll use much less water. We'll be able to perform the wudu in the amount of water that Nabi Salaam used to use, inshallah. That's about, amounts to approximately three quarters of a liter. So, in any case, Imam Asma'i rahimahullah was making wudu, and he was now washing his feet. So, now the prince, Mamun Rashid is the prince, so now can you imagine from the royal family now, the king has sent his son, the prince, to learn from this ustad. So now the ustad is washing his feet and the prince is pouring water. The prince is pouring water now, he's making him like a servant. So Harun Rashid witnessed this because he came suddenly, so he saw this 
Now, what might go through our minds of what Harun Rashid's reaction would have been? So the reaction was that he became upset. He became upset. But what did he become upset upon? Did he become upset that you're making my son the prince, you're making him like a servant, making him like your slave, he must come and pour water for you to wash your feet? Did he become upset on that? No, 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 no. What he became upset upon, and he, he sort of, uh, he's the king, so in a way he sort of reprimanded the Ustad. And he said to him that I sent my son to you to learn Adab. So what kind of Adab are you teaching him? Why didn't you instruct him that he must pour water while holding the jug with one hand, like for example now the right hand, he's holding the jug and he's pouring water, and with the left hand, he must wash your foot as well. He must rub his hand on your foot to wash it. Because that's sunnah, while making wudu, that not just to pour the water over the lumb, but to rub the hand over the lumb. So while making the wudu, you'll pass your hand over that lumb, you're washing your hand, you'll pass one hand over the other, you're washing your feet, with the left hand you will rub the feet, pass the hand over the feet. So that's sunnah, and we should fulfill all these sunnahs consciously. Bearing in mind that this is a sunnah, it's not just a routine. Every amal in the Hadith Sharif that has been described in terms of wudu, in terms of salah, we should do it, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did these things in this manner. We should do it consciously with the niyat of fulfilling the sunnah, not just that, well, well, that's how it's done. No, it's sunnah. And we'll get the nur of sunnah and the reward of fulfilling sunnah in this. And every sunnah is very, very great. We should never ever feel something that this sunnah is Al-Iyazubillah is small sunnah. It might be an easy sunnah. It might be something that relates to maybe just some very easy matter. But in itself, every sunnah is very great. So in any case, now Harun Rashid is reprimanding the Ustad in a way that I sent my son to come and learn adab from you. And what kind of adab are you teaching him? You just make him pour the water only. You should have told him that he must hold the jug with the right hand and pour water and the left hand he should be, have been washing your feet. Now can we imagine that kind of mindset in this time and age? Now where this came from? Why this reprimand? This reprimand came from a mindset. The mindset was that this is how this child is going to become somebody someday. Nowadays the whole mindset is different. Don't give the child anything to do. Let him be completely lazing around. Don't take any kind of work from that person. Don't make that girl do any chores in the kitchen. Don't make her wash the floor one day. Don't make her do any ironing at all. Why? Because we do... Why must she do all this? So therefore the maid to do all this. But how is this going to help, inshallah, with trying to mold her character? That is not considered. That is not in any way thought about in many instances. In many homes, this is unfortunately the case. And then the correspondence comes from some girls themselves that I grew up in a home where everything was done for me, I did nothing, and life went on, and I was in the lap of every comfort, etc. And then suddenly I got married, and now it's a very different picture, and uh, I am not accustomed to doing these things. When now the proposal came, so then I quickly went through some training, so that learned whatever the necessary things were. So the basics were learned in that short time, in the two, three months or whatever, 
But I wasn't accustomed to it. For 18 years, 19 years, I never did these things. So now suddenly, all these responsibilities are coming upon me. I can't handle it. This is beyond me. And now that's creating major turbulence and major problems in the home. So what was the root issue? The root issue was that this terbiyat didn't take place. Of inculcating these things as becoming part of the system. Of that girl becoming accustomed to it. Not just learning it. That is talim. Talim is to learn. For example, learn how to perform salah. That's talim. But to make salah a part and parcel of the person's life, that is tarbiyat. So now to adopt those ways and means that this becomes part and parcel of the person's life. And they can't ever uh, think about even missing their salah deliberately. Now that is the tarbiyat. So likewise, one is the talim of these things, meaning the teaching process and learning it. But becoming accustomed to it requires a different effort. It requires being going through those paces over time. So likewise, so coming back to the incident of Harun Rashid, that he had this mindset, that this is how adab is going to be inculcated. And this is how the person is going to progress in life. And without this, there's going to be no progress. Whatever else can be in place, but if adab is missing, and as we said repeatedly, Adab is not just in the presence of a person. Adab is in the heart. That's the primary place of the Adab. If there's Adab in the heart, then we've started having Adab. And then that Adab from the heart must correctly express itself in everything. It must express itself in how a person speaks. So a person who truly has Adab in his heart, he'll speak very respectfully. Even how he looks at somebody, you know, a senior he won't stare the person in the eyes. He will be looking in a very humble manner. So, the adab in the heart now will make him speak in a humble way, will make him speak with a lot of respect. Every uh, thing about what he does and how he does it will be permeated with this adab. This adab will be part of everything. It will become a means of guiding him at every step. So, this is the very crucial aspect, the adab. And when the adab has been inculcated in the heart, then this is adab. If it's only outside, but inside there's something else, that is not adab, that's a pretense. That's just pretending to have some adab, but it's not the reality. So, we should learn from these incidents, this is a very, very deep incident. And it was these kind of things that took people to such heights previously. That because of this extent of adab, they made this kind of progress and subhanallah where they went so we too should start checking ourselves that have we adopted this adab as it should be adopted adab for our teachers adab for the Quran Sharif extremely important how we hold the Quran Sharif how we keep it Quran Sharif is not just a book Quran Sharif is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala Quran Sharif should be dealt with very very differently Everything about the Qur'an Sharif should be handled very differently, meaning in a very different manner. The Qur'an Sharif, therefore, is not even taught like some other book is just taught, some textbook is taught. The Qur'an Sharif has a very unique manner in which it is presented, it is taught, it is taught in a very different way. Other, other subjects you would have realized are taught differently. There's some new methods sometimes and whatever else, all these things carry on. 
uh, and whatever is within the limits, Alhamdulillah, if it's benefiting, no problem. But, Quran Sharif, subhanallah, this is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. This is thought in that manner in which it came down. And as it has been passed on to us from generation to generation in the pristine, pure manner, and that very great manner of how it was taught as well. So that is how that Quran Sharif is always respected. Likewise, all our other books of deen, every item that is related to acquiring the knowledge of deen, all these aspects are to be respected and respected very greatly because these are the means of our gaining knowledge, gaining ilm. So inshallah to the extent that we will be able to maintain this, to that extent we will gain the benefit. So we should become very conscious of this, try to build this adab in our lives, read about the adab of the pious predecessors, ask our seniors, our elders, uh, about how to go on acquiring this adab, inshallah in this way, not only in the acquiring of ilm, but we'll find that this will become a great help for us at every step in our life. Because the person who has adab, this person becomes very well loved, that person becomes very fortunate, that person gains a lot, ba adab, ba nasib, be adab, be nasib. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant all of us the reality of adab and make us among his true and sincere servants. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتم علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين